Hi and welcome to the Calm Edge Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. I'm Trudy Lewis. Welcome back everybody. This week in our news section, we thought it would be really, really great if we reviewed what we've been up to for the past couple of months and tell you some of the things that are coming up for Calm Edge Rebels, including our comms retreat that we just had, as well as some of the things that have come out of that, because it was really a great time away. So I think I'm going to ask Advita to kick things off with just a quick review of what we've been up to. Oh, thanks, Trudy. You're Do you know what? Before we started the recording on this, I was like, "What have I done? <laughs> what have I actually done?" <laughs> nothing. You've been. You've done nothing. I've done absolutely nothing. Honestly, it's. I've just been noting down quickly what I've been up to. And the last, I don't know about both of you, but the last eight weeks since our last season has just flown by. But then a part of me goes, "Oh, it's kind of dragged on a bit as well." It's, it's a bit weird. But I've actually been. And I've announced it in my newsletter anyway. But I'm actually planning a conference next year called Unleash Your Inner Rebel 14th of June in Manchester. I've got a really exciting keynote already booked in but I'm also working through the agenda with other speakers so that's actually been one of my kind of big focus areas over the last few weeks. I go between a great excitement and feeling really energized about it then real bad black butterflies and nervousness thinking what are you doing? (laughs) Why are you putting yourself through this? What is the point of this? You know And it's just that whole inner critic thing, right, where you kind of start doubting why you're doing it and if people are actually going to turn up or not. And I've said to both of you that if they don't, then we're all going for a very lavish dinner with our keynote (laughs) and make the most of it. That's what we're going to do. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I know. I can't Um, wait. It's kind of, you know what, I am so excited. And I just thought, and and I suppose a part of why I did decide to do my own kind of conference was because I was just a little bit tired of, those of you who follow me on socials will know that I'm not shy in coming forward when conferences don't have fair representation or topics that they say they're going to talk about. And I do call, you know, I do call it out at times. So I just thought, you know what, it's about time I put my money where my mouth is. And actually, you know, rather than complaining and whinging about other people doing conferences, I should try and do one, which I think is what I would like, I suppose, in a conference. So I don't know if anybody else will, but hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully we'll enjoy it. We'll be there. We'll be there and we'll enjoy it. So that's that's been my that's been my alongside obviously leader like me stuff, which is ticking along quite nicely. And the comms rebel work is is brilliant. I'm involved in lots of really exciting things in that as well. So I do sometimes wonder as well whether time (laughs) that's probably why I think time goes fast and time goes slow, if that makes sense, because there's just so many different things that I'm involved in which I do love and that's one of the perks of being your own boss I suppose you can get involved in different things and and choose what and not you want to to do I suppose yeah that's been my eight weeks it's been great actually Jenny what about you yeah I'm not doing a conference Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah quite busy actually which is obviously the word I I don't like but so we our last season finished beginning of July so I had my birthday which was lovely and I had a bit of time off around that which was really nice August has been a bit crazy work-wise we've had a few people going through the field model which is always fascinating to spend time talking to people and trying to diagnose what's going on so that's been good fun um and I have the big yak coming up which is the event that I do with Rachel Miller and Dana Leeson we co-founded the IC crowd about 10 years ago now and so the big yak is on the 9th of October because it's moved from last year so there's been a lot of work on that as I look after our sponsors who enable us to make that happen so 
that's been quite kind of full on as we approach that event and working on the business a bit as well. So been spending a bit of time thinking about what I want to do next. I've got some exciting news coming out for October with my own podcast launching. I've said it out loud now, so I've got to do it. Yeah, you've got to do it. <laughs> and you do know I've been procrastinating like nobody's business about the structure and format and everything. So the plan is to launch that in October. So uh, I need to get cracking on with that. Uh, and it's just been really nice. Been really enjoying having moved uh, into the house in January, but it's been enjoying being at home and uh, seeing family and, and friends a bit more than we than we have done. So yeah, it's been busy from a, a work perspective in terms of there's been a lot to juggle, but a bit like you would, Vito, I kind of don't know where the eight weeks have gone, but also feel like they've flown by at the same time. But I do have that kind of new new school feeling about September that I always get. I think we all get that bit of, right, I'm ready to to, to get into almost that last quarter of the year so yeah it's been good that's so true that new feeling of September you kind of get out new notebooks and new yeah. pens and yeah. stuff like that and I, I actually do that every single September <laughs> which is really silly so it makes me feel like I'm still at school for me I think it's it's been similar in that I've had time to review my business I had a client that was a bit full-on so it was closing that out just recently which which really was very freeing not that it was terrible having a client it was just literally quite busy again back to that word but it was it also means that I can now spend more time doing stuff around Kalinia stuff around Edge I'm definitely developing a few new things I might not have a conference (laughs) and I'm not I'm not launching a podcast but I have some workshops online that that um, I'm working on that should be launched soon and working on content so that's a really big thing that I'm working on at the moment and just trying to take some time out. So not really pushing it. So although September is a new month for doing everything, I'm not, I'm not heavy on the works. So I've been doing some coaching and some other things like that, but I'm actually pacing myself throughout yeah. uh, September, having not taken a break really, apart from our comms retreats, which leads right oh, nicely nice segue. onto, yeah, good. nice segue. Very professional truth. Yeah, we have. <laughs> We had a really great time away. What was it, August? It was last week of no, July. it was July. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's, that's a typical thing about the fact that the months have just flown. Yeah, we had a great away time in Oxford together. It was quite adventurous as well. We explored new things, right, Advita? And we definitely got time to work on our business. And so I'm just going to ask both of you to just explain a little bit about what we did. The best bit for me, or at least... The most fun bit was actually the photo shoot, which I'm sure many of many of you have seen the photos already, but we had so much fun doing that. But yeah, it, it meant that we had time to really develop the actual comms retreat for everybody else. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good. I mean, I I always enjoy our, our comms retreats. And I think after being in Vancouver in 2019, they've been such a such a focal point for the three of us for, for how we kind of get unstuck. So that's what I always enjoy because it's a couple of nights away from your normal environment to really focus on on whatever it is that's that's causing you to be a bit stuck and and that's why I value it so much. So the photo shoot was really fun. I did love that, um, and I loved you know going out for dinner and and the walks that we did. But there's also that that sort of dedicated time to really reflect on what was you know that kind of stop start continue and then what is it that we kind of need to work through. And we each have quite different things. That's what I enjoy is that kind of that coaching each other together and helping us move forwards. 
so much so that we're going to have another one just for us in December <laughs> because we can't stop doing it now. But I think it, it was lovely to to have the time together and have the time to plan the comms retreat for other people as we look to to bring it to market for March next year. Yeah, I completely agree with Jenny. I, I absolutely love them. And I was I suppose I was quite privileged to have them before I kicked off Comms Rebel. So I know our first ever comms retreat was in November, I think, 2019. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of did that, did that day in the Cotswolds. And it's just before I launched Comms Rebel. So I've kind of been spoiled, I think, in having, you know, this time away, focusing on my business and really dedicating that time with with both of you and, and not feeling really bad about it because you know we spoke about it, didn't we at the last retreat that often when you go away to different things with friends or family or with anyone you know there's only a small amount of time you could actually talk about your business without people actually rolling their eyes or getting a bit bored with what you're saying so having somebody with you who can kind of help you unpick some of those challenges that you're having because as both of you know that my business has transitioned a lot since what the original aim was of it before in 2019 when I went in with this such great enthusiasm about 2020 <laughs> and what I wanted to achieve <laughs> and then, honestly and then the global pandemic obviously and with with that you know I could have gone one way or another and I remember just you know March 2020 actually contemplating going back in house because you know things weren't aligning with what the business was but having that knowing and having that time to dedicate on what my business is and where my kind of challenges were and barriers were as well really helped and that's you know whether you own your own business or whether you work in-house I think the comms retreat is a really great way to kind of just breathe you know it feels really strange but as soon as we walk into the apartment or the house or wherever we're staying it just feels instantly like all this weight is kind of falling off his shoulder they can breathe yeah it's just such a weird it's so weird to explain it to anybody who hasn't been there but it is something that just kind of releases that tension in your neck that you hold because you're just so tightly wound up about various different things and being able to go into that space and spend a couple of days just breaking down some of the challenges investigating why you feel that way what your next steps are critically, you know, what are you going to do next? Because we're all action orientated, you know, we all want to make sure that we're not just having a good time, which we do obviously have a great time, but also making sure that we leave those two days with a a sustainable action plan Mm. that kind of gets us through the next, you know, three, four months before we kind of catch up again and have that conversation. So I really value it. And I'm so chuffed that we can actually now bring it out there for others to join us Mm. uh, in the future, because it is something that we have really kind of got into a package that we think would work you know with with other folks and stuff like that and I'm thrilled that we can actually do that and I'm really excited about what what the next one will look like for us it's it's going to be amazing and um we've got this comms retreat for everybody else planned for March next year And, and one of the things that we did work on or finished working on while we were at our retreat was the the website so we were launching our our new website at the same time that we're launching season four and you can get all the information about the comms retreats there so it's www.carmedgedrebels.com and all the information is there for you to just have a look sign up inquire find out what's going on find out more about Jenny Advita and myself and get to listen to more podcasts which would be great (laughs) 
So that's a great thing about the new website, actually, because all our podcast episodes are on there now as well. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to kind of go searching on your various platforms all the season. And then nicely, I love that because they're nicely little blocks, you know, seasons. I know. One, that's two, one, two and three. So you can do a search and find the one as well that you want to uh, listen to, which is it. This is great to chill. So we, I mean, we're biased, I know, but I, I just love our website. I think I it do. <laughs> compared to what compared to what it was, and I, you know, it was just a WordPress thing that we kind of quickly put together, didn't we? About eighteen months ago, but this time we've actually spent some time, so it it, look, it does look incredible. So do let us know what you think, and you know, if you if you think something else needs to be added and it amended, whatever, we're always open to feedback as well. So do let yeah. us know. Definitely. So we hope that you enjoyed our first news section for this for this season and are looking forward to our first episode, which is called Ice Cream and Yoga Won't Improve Your Culture. Don't ask, just listen <laughs> to the podcast. Please uh, give us some feedback and remember to register or subscribe on the channels that you normally would do for podcasts. And we'll speak to you soon. And I think we'll be off getting ice cream because it's quite warm today. If you want to find out more about how you can work with us, you can visit our website, which is calmedgedrebels.com. Here you can find out more about each of us individually, and it will also give you links to our own websites, which are colinear.co for Trudy, commsrebel.com for Advita, and Redefining Comms for me, Jenny. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Carmage Rebels. And you can also follow us individually on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. So if you do want to work with us around communications, consulting, coaching or workshops, please do get in touch. So as it's September and people are starting to make their way back to offices, we thought it was a good opportunity to talk a little bit more about remote working, but talking about it from the perspective of looking at culture. A lot of the conversations we've been having over the summer on our WhatsApp channel that, as you know, doesn't ever stop. We've been talking a lot about how you recreate those water cooler moments in a more remote setting. We've been talking about who's responsible for culture. We've been having lots of discussions and debates about how how work is going to change and and what the reality of it is as things have moved on. So that's our topic for our episode today, to really delve into some of those aspects of culture and remote work. And for those of you that have listened before, you'll know that these are never rehearsed or prepped in any way, and the conversation could go in any direction (laughs) as we have a good chat over the next half hour or so. So I'm going to kick us off and ask the question, how do you recreate water cooler moments when you are in a remote environment? Discuss. <laughs> wow, that's that, that's such a tough question <laughs> to start off with. I would say I don't think you recreate them. I think you have to come up with something that works for your organization based on how it's evolved at this time, because every company has changed. And the sad thing is that most companies haven't acknowledged that and they haven't thought, well, actually, we can't just incorporate another technology system or another idea or something or a little initiative. We can't just clamp these things on. Maybe we need to look at things a little bit differently and maybe we need to start by talking to the people that we serve. So I think that that's why it's so ticklish, because I think it's going to I think to get it right, it's going to take a lot more work than just here's a snap solution. You know, let's get a consultant Mm. in who can just tell us what to do. No, it's not going to happen like that. Go on then, Advita. 
Well, we have spoken about this, and you know my view on watercolor moments because I do think I miss them. Like ever since I kind of set my own business and stuff up, I do miss those kind of ad hoc conversations that you have with colleagues when you're walking across the floor to make a cup of tea, or you literally are getting a glass of water and somebody kind of stops you and you know has those. You don't just go. Well, so in in some cases you will probably talk about work. Of course you will, but it's those kind of snippets of things that you probably would never have got involved in if you weren't walking past at that moment in time or you may have not had a chance to contribute to that conversation if you weren't making a cup of tea at that moment in time and it's that richness and that innovation and those kind of side conversations that I think organizations are at risk at missing I completely agree with Trudy I don't think you can do that on online it's just it's not possible because it just feels a bit fake and the folks that I've folk, uh, spoken to who have tried to says that defines the whole process really uncomfortable because it's really different to having people on a Zoom or a Teams. You know, you're looking at each other's faces and waiting for someone to speak up. It's not like you just kind of brush past them and said, oh, where are you going? Or, oh, what's that? What's that on your screen? Or being a bit nosy. Or what are you working on? Or looking at someone who's even a little bit distressed or a bit panicked or just looking a little bit in in the distance like we often did when you're thinking of an idea and somebody would say to you are you okay you know do you need any help what you're working on right now you don't get that anymore and and people were saying that folks recognize that everyone's busy you know it's the word of the year uh, a word for the next you know especially word of 2021 and 2020 was that we're really busy and people are worried about other people's mental health. So you don't want to burden anybody with their challenges and their problems. And to kind of ask the question of how are you feeling? And I know people ask it, but it, it doesn't, you know, a couple of the folks that I spoke to said that it just didn't, it didn't feel as genuine as it would if you were in an office speaking to each other, you know, like you might just see someone's body language and behaviour. I do think if you are in an, and, and you know, and, and I'm conscious that I'm just talking about problems here rather than solutions. But <laughs> we'll get to the tips I, at the end. We'll, get, right. we'll get to the tips at the end. <laughs> I don't think you can be as flippant and go, you know, it's not a big deal. Like it's, mm. it, it'll work. It's not a big deal. We're, we're going to close everything down. And it's taken me back to that LinkedIn conversation on your LinkedIn, Jenny, where there was this rage. And I'm using that word intentionally because it was rage <laughs> that, you know, it was, you, I think you commented on Mary Portis's uh, and Stephen Bartlett's podcast conversation, right? Where Mary Portis said that we should be going back to the offices. And yeah. you were merely just sharing her example. And you were, you know, I saw the LinkedIn messages and people were like, I can't believe this. You know, no way should we, go, you know, I'm not doing that commute ever again. And I get it. You know, nobody wants to sit in traffic for three hours of their lives and wish the day away and stuff like that. But we do need to think really carefully about how do we create an environment where people can still have those offline chats that they would normally have had if they're walking past each other and build. And most uh, most importantly for me, and that's because, you know, like all three of us actually, we're, we're people people, right? We love connecting mm. with people. We like finding out information about people. We like learning about people. You know, how do we create that on line and virtually and I do think the answer to that is probably again the word of the moment is being very intentional with what you're trying to achieve and the outcomes you're trying to get to and being quite focused on what you want to try and achieve as well from from that conversation yeah I think there's something that you were you were talking about there in terms of 
yeah, the comments that I got on that LinkedIn post, and we'll put this in the show notes if anybody wants to go and have a read of the barrage of almost abuse it felt for, for agreeing with the sentiment that we, we should get back to the office in whatever format that office needs to take in the future. But there's something in there about the generalizations that we're still making about people. And I think that's something else for me that on the things I've read over the summer and, and if I'm looking at culture, it, it's got to be very intentional, as you said, and very deliberate. But we also do generalize too much across a lot of things in society. And, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about Rebel Ideas by Matthew Said several times throughout this series, because it's a book that we've all read over the summer. But the, the generalizations piece is, is, I think, really important because we do make these sweeping statements like no one likes the commute, which, you know, you're right. If your commute is where you're stuck in traffic for hours and, and you're sitting there and it gives you rage and it's horrible, then that isn't very pleasant. But I actually quite enjoyed my commute. I used to commute with a friend. We'd catch up. We'd always get a seat because of where we were on on the train line. And we'd get to know other people around us because we'd be on the same train. And and I I quite enjoyed that. And actually, I've I've seen my friend a couple of times in lockdown. And we've said how we kind of missed that general, you know, 40 minute kind of chit chat or we'd be, you know, I'd be playing Candy Crush for half the time on the commute. But it was just it was a nice bit of downtime and a nice bit of kind of quiet time that I do miss. And I know my husband has felt the same, you know, not having that walk to work that he had, that 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 commute time was actually quite valuable. So this we do make quite sort of big statements. And, and by we, I think people in, in our industry and people in business are making lots of very big statements without really being able to back some of those up. And that's kind of what you were saying, Trudy, at the beginning about you've got to go out and talk to the people that you serve to really understand, you know, what's what's going on. What was interesting for me when I was reading around culture and and remote and and hybrid, and I read Remote Work by Chris Dyer and uh, Kim Shepard. And in that book, they talk about characteristics of remote workers. And this to me is, is quite interesting. So they've they've realized that that some of this is also the same as if you thrive in an office, but to really make remote working a success, these are the characteristics: very strong critical thinking skills, collaboration, professional drive, results orientated, and a sense of urgency, and clear communication skills. So these are the characteristics. Now that to me feels like entrepreneurial spirit, which we've talked about a few times in previous series about how that entrepreneurial spirit is is what's important and why we've you know how we feel about that but if I think about the people that I worked with when I worked in organizations before I set up my own business I'm going to be honest and say that those five characteristics are probably not characteristics (laughs) that exist in every single person that was in that organization and therefore if those are the characteristics to really enable you to thrive in a remote setting then that's that's not everybody. And I think we have to acknowledge that and recognize that. And I think that there is this balance to kind of strike as we go forwards of understanding that there are some people that will love being at home and there will others that that won't enjoy that. There will be some that want to work from a coffee shop. Someone replied to me on Twitter the other week about the fact they said they felt more exposed than ever throughout the pandemic because they quite liked that barrier that, that going to the office gave them from, you know, work and home. So there's definitely something about this generalization piece here. And I don't know, Trudy, if you want to expand on your point yeah. about that listening to people we serve, because I think that's definitely something. Well, it, it is about underestimating where people are or making assumptions where people are and generalizing, which you're absolutely right, Jenny. You can't you can't do that and expect 
that you're going to come to the right answer. If you give, if you kind of look at everybody or put everybody in the same bucket, you're not going to end up with a good solution and you're going to alienate quite a lot of people. The problem that we have is that if you can imagine everybody's been away from the office for close to 18 months or if not more, some people were on furlough. So everybody's had some kind of an isolated experience. So for some, there's a fear of coming back and having to interact with people on that level. For some, it's like, I can't wait. It, you know, I, I need people, which I think we all do need community in some way. Mm-hmm. And so there are different views and different thoughts and feelings about every single thing that we're doing. But because we've also built a little bit of a culture since the, the lockdown of working back to back, being in back to back meetings and working excessively, there's also the challenge there of how are you going to how are you going to then get people to start going back to the to the water cooler to have a chat you know how are you going to get people to start behaving normally in quotes you know how are you going to get people to work, work how they used to work and that's why i said it's not a recreate it's a let's look at this again and have a conversation and i you know it has to be that you find ways, whether you're the line manager and you decide to pull your team aside and have a chat and just be very different about you how you approach it all and take the time to have a conversation with somebody, call a few people and do a Zoom call while we're transitioning and, and actually do focus groups and, and times of just listening to each other and hear what people have to say. Now, the other challenge that you have on the flip side is from an organization, they can't do something to please everybody. So Mm -hmm. some people are, you know, there's got to be some kind of compromise. So within that compromise bit, it's, well, we can do this and meeting people part way and saying we can do as far as this, but you are going to have to come back into the office kind of thing. And maybe we can stagger that. Maybe we can put people on a rotor. Maybe we can make things a little gentler for people. But I but I do think it's about being mindful. The only way you get there is by having some kind of conversation, listening, interacting and connecting with the people, understanding where people have come from through this whole pandemic and, and where you want to go to next. And that's where you have a decision about here's what our culture needs to look like now that we have gone through something quite major and people have had various experiences that they really need to process as well. And maybe we won't be able to be excessively busy anymore. Maybe we'll have to go back to, you know, however many hours. Because I remember when when I used to work full time and I really sat down one day and thought to myself, well, how many hours have I actually worked, <laughs> actually mm. sat at the desk and done proper work, dedicated work? How many times throughout that day I'd walked around and talked to people, I'd been at that water cooler or the coffee station, I'd gone to visit somebody instead of instead of actually picking up the phone to them, which is a good thing. And we've not been doing that for so long, mm. you know, for so long we've not been living like that. So I can, to a certain extent, I can understand people's rage <laughs> because I can understand them feeling a bit uncomfortable with being thrown at, you're going to have to go back to the office. And in some cases it's being enforced. But in, even if it has to be enforced, I think the, the one thing that organizations or leaders have to do is take the time to listen to their people or, or do something to get them to talk to you. 
Mm. There's something you said then around that's kind of got me thinking about how scheduled everything is and how maybe we've forgotten that, you know, going to talk to somebody in person rather than picking up the phone and and that, you know, I'll just nip upstairs and see if Helen's around. And, and, you know, and that, and I remember, I so remember it feels like ages ago now at the start of the pandemic saying picking up the phone is the equivalent of popping upstairs to see if Helen's there, you know, just pick up the phone and talk to somebody. And I was talking to one of our partners the other day and saying like, we can just have informal conversations. That's okay. You can just drop me a note or you can just pick up the phone and say, have you got five minutes so we can just talk about this, this issue? You know, everything has to be so scheduled and, and so regimented. And I, I, maybe that's just in my world, but I, I, I find that really strange that we've we've lost that ability to be maybe a bit more spontaneous or we've lost that ability to to just be a bit more informal with each other and that might just be my world I don't know Advita any any thoughts No no I, I do think that we live in a world where we're dictated by time a lot of the a lot of the kind of work that we do right so people think it's okay to put meetings back to back uh, and and not really think about breaks or time to reflect or time to collect your thoughts, time to do the actual work, to be honest. And we complained about the meeting structure when we worked in the office, you know, physically. But you always had that kind of five, 10 minute breather while you're running from one to another anyway. But online, it's like log off, log on, log off, log on. It's continuous stream of just talking about, you know, stuff without actually thinking the time that we have in work is not our time to actually deliver the work that we need to do. And I think the online world has created this sense of if we're not constantly looking like we're adding value by coming along to these virtual meetings, then maybe people think I'm sitting at home doing my laundry, looking after my kids, sorry, or watching some sort of random daytime TV show. And people really panic about stuff like that, don't they? They're like, you know, and but I always kind of, my thing, and it always has been my thing is, if that individual is delivering against their objectives and doing some good work, does it actually matter if they take half an hour out to watch a bit of This Morning with Phil and Holly? Like, is it actually a massive deal? You know, is it a big deal if they decide they want to do the their food prep in the morning and start a bit later? If they are delivering their work, they're turning up to the meetings they're meant to be turning up to, they're contributing to the conversations they need to contribute to, then why are we so stuck on this whole regimented, you haven't logged on, it's one minute past nine, where are you? I can see that you haven't logged on. You're green. I, you know, I had some, I, had, I, had, I, coached, I coached somebody, that they said to me that their manager messaged them because the green light on Teams wasn't on because they were just running a bit late. And I mean, you have to be in a pretty dire place yourself to message some, somebody at 10 past nine to say, oh, I can't see your green light on Teams. And I did say to my coach, coach here said, were you meant to be at a meeting? Were you late for a meeting? Did you, you know, what's going on? And she's like, no, like, not at all. I, I was just a bit late turning on. <laughs> but that's, and the thing is, that's not really happened to them before during COVID times, you know, when they were at home, that was, it was all very, take, you know, be be what you need to do, be very fluid, be, you know, we care about your mental health. But all of a sudden, and I don't know, it'd be really interesting to hear from our listeners if they're seeing a bit of a shift in attitude. Mm. All of a sudden, there seems to have been, and I don't know if there has been, there probably has, to be honest, you know, knowing some organisations. So what are people doing? Like, if we're doing this hybrid working, if people are working two days or three days at home and then a couple of days in the office, we need to make sure that they're doing what, you know, when we're not paying them 
to do their laundry and watch this morning. We need God, to I really sure. hope that's not, you know, and it's going to yeah. be, isn't it? Like, I know, it's going to be. But I, I just, know. you know, and you think this I is not, not the point. This is why I wrote the, the blog on the pandemic revolution, because I was like, this, we are just missing the point if if we oh. if we do this. But but in saying that, do you think, and I've, and I've had some conversations more recently of, we're just all going to go back to how it was. <laughs> we're all going to go back to yeah, yeah. nine to five, Monday to Friday in an office. And we and it's just going to go back. It's going to take us probably not that long. Maybe by the end of the end of the year, or next year, it's all going to be back to how it was. Do you think that's Do you think that's going to be the case? I think there's a danger of it happening in some organisations. Yeah, I just think people don't like change, and they've kind of put up with the change because they've had to, you know, been forced yeah. into it. And now that that isn't there anymore, the pressure to create that state, you know, stay in that change. I think a lot of people revert, will revert back. And I think whoever, you know, those conversations are right. Not not all organisations. And what I said before, you have to be really intentional with making sure it continues to work. But I think people, and I'm doing that whole generalisation, which I know we all hate, but just, <laughs> just by like research and data and looking at, you know, like where did I read? I read somewhere where the working habits haven't changed since what, the 50s? Or yeah. the 40s after the war and we've continued to work the same way that we worked as we did after the war considering yeah. the changes that have taken place in the last 20 years with technology we're still following the same rules and regulations as we did from the 40s and we haven't updated our working methodology which is just so shocking and surprising well, that we haven't adapted yeah. And it is when really? you think about things like technology and how much things have, have changed mm. and we just haven't grown with them. And that's why, you know, if you look at the link to the Industrial Revolution and what we can learn from that and how we have such an opportunity right now, we'll put links to, to this stuff in the show notes as well. Because I think there is there is such an opportunity, but I think it can't just be a survey, can it? We can't just do surveys. I know, Trudy, you talked about focus groups and, and things like that. But in order for us to fix this or solve this issue... There has to be compromise. We can't generalize and we have to have conversations. But how as an organization, if you've got anywhere upwards of, you know, a few thousand people, how you can create a, a, a culture or a way of working where everybody feels OK with that and feels like, yeah, this is right for me. I don't think it's ever going to be the case. And maybe there is something about being comfortable that people will go because it's not going to be right for them. And that's OK. Like any relationship, sometimes they come to an end because, you know, people change and things shift. And maybe we just need to be OK with some of that, because that seems to be the fear at the moment of if we don't if we don't, you know, have yoga and ice cream and and do all these things. I mean, what is that? Then <laughs> then people are going to go and it's like, but people can go. And maybe there are other people that want to come in because you've got yoga and ice cream and they really like, do you know what I mean? It's like there's, there's yeah. because like you, we were saying that this has been such a huge shift and change for every organization, no matter, no matter who you are, where you are around the world, there has been an impact and everything is different now. And we have to really lean into that, I suppose. Definitely. Yeah. And we can't, we can't, I think it's Advita or you said something about reverting. I just can't see how, you know, how you can revert. And I think the 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 challenge the big challenge for organizations is that decision to make a change to that decision to say well i'm not going to just make the excuse that i don't we don't have time we don't have time to shift things we don't have time to adjust it we have to uh keep going so we'll just go back to what we used to do because in this environment i don't know that it's really going to work and that's where people will make the decision to leave or stay mm-hmm. 
so yeah, I, I feel that it's going to make a big shift for us if we don't pay attention to and, and do something quite positive about it. Mm. So, you know, this kind of brings us into our top tips bit, which is tricky today because I think it's going to be the economist answer of it depends for a lot of things. <laughs> but I do wonder if there is something to, to help the people listening around, you know, if you're looking at culture and you're looking at how things need to change, what are the the three things that you need to be looking at or doing now, you know, in September to be ready for the future and to be set up for success? So not so much about kind of the location and where you are, but looking at that culture and what is it that people need to do? Yeah. Anybody well, want to go first? Oh, I'll go straight first. in. I'm yeah. straight, straight in. in, in, in before, <laughs> before someone steals it. No, I'm kidding. No, for me, you know, on Trudy's point about when Trudy spoke about doing service and focus groups, which are really helpful and having those conversations. But, and we're not very, and I'm, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not generalizing. I'm not generalizing. But we should be looking at the data that is, is being, you know, shown in our organization. And what I mean, what I mean by data is looking at things like what, what's a performance like across the board in the business. You know, obviously there'll be dips across the different divisions depending on what's going on in the world. There's so much kind of, I mean, exhausting level of news at the moment, which is driving people to distraction, rightly so, because there's some tragic things going on. Uh, in, in, in across the globe at the moment. And there's obvious dips in performance that's going to happen there. But we need to kind of check, look at that kind of data set and, and see what's going on. Look at absence, you know, look at talent. I spoke to a young graduate a few a few months ago who has been, their graduate placement year has been remote and it's been really difficult for them. Because as I, if I look back to my time when I had my first job, if I didn't, you know, my parents didn't work in an office, they were entrepreneurs, they had their own businesses. So I never really grew up in an environment where we spoke about CEOs and CFOs and XYZ, you know, this kind of office terminologies and even the culture of an office, right? It wasn't, they're entrepreneurs, they have their own business. We didn't, we didn't really get involved in that. So if I didn't have that opportunity to work shadow and learn from my peers and my leaders in that first job, I don't know what how I would have coped, to be honest. So I think we need to kind of recognize and think about what's what's that data set telling us about our graduates and our new intakes? Mm. You know, how are they coping? You know, is it is it working for them? Isn't it working for them? What do we need to do more of? Because if people are working from home more often, then how do you make sure that those graduates are getting the teachings and the learnings that they need? How do you make sure that they are having conversations with those senior leaders that you may have invited to a team meeting because they're in the office that day? And they could pop in for 10 minutes and say hello. You know, I remember having really good conversations with the CEO and CFOs by walking to the coffee shop or going to Greg's, you know, to get, yeah. you know, th- those things are really important. So check your data and, and make sure your date, you know, and 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 it just because whether you work in comms, whether you work in HR, whether you work in business, marketing, commercial, whatever you work in, that data set is going to give you a bit of an insight about how that business is going, of way and it give you enough information so you can stay ahead of the curve a little bit more before crisis actually does hit so -hmm. that's my like tip is as well as the surveys and the feedback do check in with the kind of data sets that's available okay nice Trudy do you want to go next a really interesting one for me is that whole thing of assumptions so we can't make assumptions about about people and I another a way of dealing with that is creating personas or avatars of the people within the organization so taking a little bit of time you could get somebody separate to do this but finding out what 
the makeup of your organization is. And, and I, I believe that's quite a critical thing to do, even if, you know, you've never done it or you've done it before, just reviewing that at this time to say, to, to, to help you to shape, well, what the culture needs to look like today is quite important. Another thing is, is a don't. So don't pick up the latest trend like a yoga session or ice cream. Don't take up the latest trend unless it's something that your your people really want. The reason why I say that is one, you waste money. Secondly, you waste time and you alienate people because people feel a bit sidelined. You've literally just done something because you feel like it's trendy and people are like, well, what's the point of that? So I, I do think that it's it's really not necessary to implement something that's just a trend. It might sound nice. You might hear have your other peers that you've listened to on Advita's golf course, you know, you know, uh, told you the same thing, that they've done the same thing. But yeah, don't do it. And, and also where you've had leaders who perhaps are a little bit more traditional and old school and, and find all of this really hard, get them some coaching, get them, get them to understand how to work differently with different generations, how to look at things differently now that we're in a different space. True. Right. There's going to be so many folks hating you about not having ice cream anymore. I know. <laughs> but you're right. Not, don't jump on the trend. I mean, I like a bit of yoga, but, you know, in my lounge. OK, so I've got three. The first one is is around getting specific. And I, I don't mean around the generalizations that we've talked about today. I mean, getting specific around some of your KPIs. So when you're saying, you know, we measure this, we measure that. What does that really mean? Why are we measuring it? Does it really help us achieve the business objectives and what we're trying to do? I think sometimes we we have quite big, you know, KPIs or big things to measure. And sometimes there's so much you can measure that you need to really measure what matters. And I think that's something to really think about as you move forwards of, you know, what is it we need to look at? Because if we're moving from measuring maybe how we used to and maybe measuring more of the outcomes and the and, and what people are actually delivering, then that needs a shift around your KPIs and what you're doing. So get specific in that. Look at the rhythm of the organization, uh, which I talk about quite a lot in terms of how things happen. So the cadence of meetings, who's in what meeting, how things get done. uh, What are the, you know, it's the tangible side of culture, really, that kind of meetings space and that rhythm. and, And what does that look like? And does that need to change? What did you change during the pandemic and then how do you how do you evolve that as you go forward and then the the last one for me is around investing in people and specifically line managers which is a drum I've been drumming for about eight years actually when I read back over some of my blogs so I'll keep banging it but more so this year with the research I did around the role of line managers but we we have to invest in them to be able to enable them to communicate effectively with their team you know in this conversation we've talked about you need to, you know, compromise, you need to have conversations, you need to listen. And to do that, line managers are going to be really important. So that's my my third one in terms of how we're going to how we're going to solve the hybrid working, remote working, culture, water cooler moments. We've solved it in half an hour. We have. Love it. We have. Love it. It. No, no more yoga, no more ice cream, no more yeah. of that stuff. We're, we're going to get serious now. I want to yeah. say, don't, don't hate us what Trudy said. I just... No, no, please. I'm really concerned about people not getting cornettos. I mean, yeah. Actually, I I do think ice cream's a good thing. That you do. So yours is a cornetto. What's what would your ice cream be, Trude? 
Oh, it would be a Magnum, sorry. Yeah, I was just thinking, I think mine would probably be yeah, a Magnum. Yeah, but which Magnum? Oh, mine would whoa. be the Magnum with caramel in it. Oh, I think I just would be just like the plain milk chocolate. I don't, mine isn't a Cornetto, by the way. Mine's a Beast. It's a, it's oh, a nice. Oh, I'll tell you though, a Twister is my absolute favorite. Oh, I love, love them. them. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Tell Sorry. us your favorite. Forget remote work in a hybrid. Who cares? Tell us your favorite ice cream. <laughs> To find out more about us, how to sign up to our comms retreat, or to listen to past episodes, go to calmedgedrebels.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe, and thanks for listening.